Welcome back to Chaos in Christ Podcast. I am your host, Alexi Felix. And today, we're just going to be looking at a passage of scripture um, and just let the scriptures speak. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is with me and it's he's allowing me to see the text as it is written for what it was intended to say. And I honestly, it did one of those things where I just kind of flipped through the passages. I was actually looking for something else, but then this popped out at me and I just started reading. And it was born out of something I started to recognize this week. This week was quite uh, challenging mentally, you know, in my workspace um, and just a lot of personal things deep inside that I had to just wrestle with uh, that was flourishing out of my situation with work, with business, and just the things that I got going on in front of me. And yeah, and then on a physical level, you know, my, my physical body just reminded me that I'm just getting older <laughs> and there's, you know, nothing you can do about that stuff. Uh, but uh, but other than to accept it and to recognize uh, what it really means, and it's humbling. It's a humbling experience. It It really is. It humbles you because it almost, it truly scares you. It truly puts a lot of things into perspective. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Right now, I'm just looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to read a few passages and just kind of go from there and uh, see exactly, you know, what, what the text is saying. But therefore, starting in verse 1, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. So if you, I mean, that alone right there, if, if you're ministry, right, you are, your hope is, is in God and you realize that it's his mercy that you are serving him in, in ministry. And because of that, it's, it's our hope in him that, that allows us to not lose heart. Because ministry, and I'm not a, you know, pastor or anything like that, but when you engage in ministry in the truth of the gospel, and then you take it upon yourself to take whatever it is that you're doing in your own life and make it the ministry that God has called you to. And that doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. It could be business. It could be sales. It could be a nurse. You could be working at a county sheriff department. You can be in college right now. It, I mean, you could be, you could just be working a laborious job, maybe in construction. It doesn't matter what you are doing. This isn't just for pastors and preachers and missionaries that we tend to really put on a pedestal, right? So just think about that. Therefore, having this ministry. Now we're talking about, now, you know, Paul's talking about the ministry that God has given him, right? His ministry to the Gentiles and, and his apostleship. So obviously we have to understand where he's coming from, who he's talking to, and uh, what's happening in their context. So just, you know, very careful not to read yourself into um the text, right? And sometimes that's what we do. We, we, we're looking for our encouragement. We're looking for our, you know, word of the day. And that's just not how we need to approach this. But nevertheless, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we renounce disgraceful, underhanded ways. 
We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. That alone there is, is a very profound truth. If you are a believer, a Christian, and you've shared your faith with anyone around you, you would inevitably and have probably for sure have gotten the opposition, have gotten the rejection, the complete hatred towards the message that you carry with you and share and proclaim. That message that changed your life, that opened up your eyes to the reality of your sin and, and the the eternity of hell that you would have spent in had it not been for grace. That message that saved your life to the other to the uttermost, you share with your loved ones, close friends, co-workers, people that are in your world, and you think there's I mean, they have to know this. This is important. And indeed it is important, but they reject it. And not just simply say it's not for me, but they reject it with passion, with anger, with with hatred, with just, uh, you know, sometimes rage. You see it come in different shapes and forms, and you, you see the ultimate rejection there towards the gospel message. And so Paul's saying that even if the gospel is veiled, it's only veiled to those that are perishing, those that are actually dead in sin, those that are blinded. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded their minds so that they do not hear the truth. I mean, they hear it, but they don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like you could show them the text, but you you will not convince them when when they are dead in sin, they are dead in sin. And apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, quickening right regenerating the heart opening up the mind and soul to recognize one's own sin there is nothing you can do and and i mean this i don't say this lightly but i can show the bible scriptures to people and there'll be a full-on rejection and it's happened i've seen it and people will reject that truth right and so the gospel is veiled it is veiled only to those that are perishing in so, I mean, again, if you if the if grace hasn't been shown to you, if Christ hasn't drawn you to himself, if the Holy Spirit has not drawn you to, to the cross, then you're perishing. That's basically what we're seeing here. If you don't know who Christ is really, not know of him, not made a practice of church, not because your family grew up a Christian or even Catholics who believe that they're true Christians as well, that has nothing to do with the fact that you are perishing because no one can come to the father except if he draws you and so if this gospel message even to those that proclaim christianity offends you then there's something here to consider because i've seen that happen plenty of times the god of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves. Yeah, we're not talking about ourselves. This has nothing to do with me. 
This is nothing about Alexi. I am no one special. This message, this gospel message, wasn't a form of creative thought between men. They just came up with some elaborate message. This is the gospel revealed through the person of Christ, prophesied in the Old Testament, and fulfilled. I mean, this is the reality of what we are seeing here. It's not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, you hear that, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's it, right? Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of Jesus. That's a very profound thing. One reason for not preaching ourselves is that only God gives new spiritual life. God's sovereign initiative is necessary to enable us to embrace the gospel message. Just as God's original creative word made light where there was no light. So now God's creative word gives spiritual life and understanding of the gospel where previously there was none. There was none. Because it's his, it's his power. It's his light. He is the light of the world. He is the light of men. You read that in in John chapter 1, that he is the light of men. Matter of fact, I'll come back to Corinthians, uh, but let's go to John, which I'm actually studying. And just to kind of allude to what I'm I'm saying here and to cross-reference it for the most part, what we read in John chapter 1 was that, that Jesus was in the beginning, right? He was the word. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus has always been, always existed, eternally one with the Father, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this is a confirmation that, that Christ is God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and check this out, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a a version in the King James where it basically says that the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Very profound wording, comprehend, not to to, to not be able to understand it, to not be able to, to face with it, right? And so there's another version, it's a little bit more dynamic in his translations it's more like a thought for thought type of uh translation but it was a very profound thought because it said that that though darkness was basically like there yet yet it could not overcome him christ the light yet and i thought about that for a second and it's like what does that mean yet what does it mean to not be able to comprehend when you when you probably feel like you should comprehend something it's it's not that there's some some dark foe in one particular place it's a pretty big foe and it just can't take jesus out it's the fact that the light of the world comes into the world amongst men wraps himself in clothing he is the light of men and darkness cannot overcome it cannot comprehend it and yet cannot overcome it meaning darkness was prevailing everywhere all have fallen short of the glory of god right 
all are, are unrighteous. They do not see God. They do not desire him. No one does good, not even one. The scriptures teach us this. There is deep corruption in this world, and it's sin. And men love their sin. And the only way we're able to see, the only way we're able to come to life is Christ, because he is the light. He is the light. And those that, that reject the gospel, those that hate this message, they're perishing. They're of the dark. They love the dark. The dark is their life. And they are exposed by the light and it exposes their evil deeds. And because they love their evil deeds, they definitely don't want it to be exposed. It's like being called out, right? Let's be honest. We've all had at least one individual in our lives that called us out on our BS, we might have put up a big front, maybe exaggerated a story, maybe flat out told a lie. And then when we were called out, we didn't like that individual very much. Nevertheless, though, they were, they were right. They were true. They called you out with uh, nothing but accuracy. And you can't deny that to yourself deep down inside. But because they did it out loud and exposed you, that don't, that don't slide. And you don't like that person. I know a lot of people like that. I've had people do that to me and I did not want to be in their presence, but I respect them in hindsight because I realize, hey man, they call me out of my BS. I'd rather have a real person in my life than to be with a bunch of fake people uh, just hyping me up and in reality that there's no truth to it. And I've also been that person to people. And sometimes that's that's kind of how I, I typically am. I, I can be really honest, unfiltered, and sometimes it's very unhealthy and I had to I have had to learn how to filter and to deliver things in a different manner. There's no respect in, in just being honest and blunt just so you can be a jerk. Uh, there's nothing good in that. But we all had that one person that calls you out and you don't like it, but you know that it's true. You know that what they're saying about you is, is facts, right? And, and what can you do? <laughs> you can get mad and not like that person, but that just exposes you. And, and that's what Christ does. That's what the gospel does. It exposes our darkness. It exposes our, our deeds, which is wicked, and we love it, and we, we get put on blast by it. Even so-called Christians that walk around saying, I'm a Christian. But then when we get to the text, when we get to the word, and we question what they're doing and then bring up scripture and, and Christ and our faith, then they come up with their feelings as opposed to the scriptures and, and it gets kind of kind of messy right there, right? So that, that that's that's what's happening here. Check this out, verse seven. But we but we have this treasure in jars of clay. <laughs> can we can we just stop right there for a second? We have this treasure, this gospel message that is renewing us, that is making us whole, that has given us grace, that, is, that has made us alive in Christ when we were dead in sin, destined for eternity in hell. We have this gift in what, though? In jars of clay. It means we are imperfect vessels. We are weakened vessels, and we are only getting weaker we are only more so decaying in our physical bodies. And so we don't actually have any true strength to display so that others could be like, look how strong this person is. They must be godly. That's not how God typically works sometimes. Let me go on and, and continue reading. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So 
we have this treasure, but it's in jars of clay. That can show, our bodies can show, our weakened, damaged bodies can show that surpassing power that belongs to who? Who does this power belong to? You? No. To God. So there's no boasting here, right? You, you can't boast in this. This doesn't belong to you. It's not like you, you mustered this up on your own. It belongs to God and not to us, as the scriptures are clearly reading here. Verse 8 says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Do you see what, what's, what's happening here? We are indeed crushed. We are indeed perplexed. We are persecuted. We, we, we are hated. We are put down. There's injustice towards believers. Is it not true? Do we not see that now? Have we not seen that since 2020? The reality of that? That is the truth of it. And oh, that doesn't sound pretty cool. That doesn't sound like someone would be willing to listen to, right? No one who's, who's spiritually dead would. This isn't, this isn't attractive. This isn't something that uh, you recruit people in, with. But only when the truth of the gospel is revealed to you and, it's, and grace is granted to you, not by your works, not by anything you could ever do. But once that grace is granted to you and then you are made alive and you can see, you realize, wow, we will be perplexed. We will be persecuted. We will, we will be crushed down. But guess what? The Lord is with us through it all. We are not forsaken, as the scriptures read here. We are crushed and perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We have hope. We have true hope. We have eternity with Christ. That is, there's nothing greater than that. And so the government, the people in this world, sickness and, and, and you know accidents and whatever threatens us in our daily lives, it could come and let it come. It will. There's, it's a promise. It's a guarantee that there's no, there's no carefree world. There's not enough self-help books and affirmations to get you through. This is the promise of what we have here on earth. And on earth is that we, we will be crushed, right? As it says here, perplexed. But we're not going to be driven to despair because our hope is in Christ. We actually have something to look forward to. And so whatever they threaten us with on this planet, whatever it is that they uh, claim that we should be afraid of, we're not because we know that to live is Christ, but to die is gain, as Paul told us. Persecuted but not forsaken. And, and do we not see that increasing ever more in our country, in the United States and in Canada and basically uh, globally? I mean, this has been happening in other nations far longer than, than we probably want to admit because it would be an admittance of living such a, a, a privileged life in the United States and in Canada and in Australia and, and you know, certain places where, for the most part, they had freedom of expression of their religion. 
but uh, don't you can't say that to the citizens in China. You wouldn't be able to say that to you know communist nations and and those type of citizens. You just can't. You can't. There's true persecution. Um, if we're talking about in the Middle East, you already know what happens to believers of Christ. I mean, they go against the message of Allah, right, and Muhammad in the Quran. You know what happens to Christians once once they're they grab a hold of by the extremists, and that's persecution, even unto death. But what does the scripture say? We're not forsaken. He didn't abandon us, though it though though it seems like it. It seems like it. It seems like, uh, well, here I'm about to die. Clearly, he did abandon us. But see, that's where we we need to really check ourselves and recognize: Do we believe what we believe? Do we know that there is eternity with him? That we will be with him in eternity with Christ, the one who saved your soul, the one who has opened your eyes. Our purpose here is for the glory of Christ, and and sometimes we don't understand his his plan for your life specifically. We all want the successful plan. We all want the wealthy plan, but when the plan just doesn't appear that way, we want to blame it on the devil. We want to blame it on everything else, but we don't see the providence and hand of God that uses all things for his glory. So persecution is promise is coming your way. You are not exempt, but you're not forsaken because in the midst of it, he is with you. You're struck down, but you're not destroyed. You can get hit all you want, get beat down all you want, shut down on your business, canceled, whatever. You're not destroyed. You still have the gospel message. You still have the truth. You still have hope. You are still forgiven. Verse 10, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. And that's our reminder. They did it to our Lord. They're gonna, it's going to happen to us. And we are wasting away. But we have life in Christ because he is the light of men. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Verse 11, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. And there is kind of where I'll I'll stop. And you see that the last uh, portion I just read there, I mean, I'll read it again. For For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. We are always being given over to death. This call is a call to die. It is a call to suffer. It is a call to sacrifice. It is a call to abandon your life, the life that you hold dear to here. Wealth, health, money, success, sex, drugs, whatever, your vain attempts of glory, the the things that you think are supposed to be good and that you really hype on. Like there was a point in my life where fitness was the ultimate good and it was the ultimate answer. Depressed, work out. Happy, work out, uh, need to develop discipline, work out, uh, you know, maintain your health, work out. Everything was working out right now. It's a gift. God gave us this gift. It's a good gift. Honor God with it by enjoying it. But again, we take the good thing, the gifts, and instead of giving glory to God, we make it a God and we turn it to that and, and, and consume that in hopes that we find the answers to our hurt and pain and struggles and, and all kinds of manner. But once we understand that we are given to death, always for Jesus sake we are not attached to the things of this world this is an encouragement to me uh the other day with this whole week has been uh, just stressful my bad just very stressful mentally I just wanted to quit my job and business and everything 
Uh, it, nothing was going my way. And then when I was uh, one time sitting outside just to kind of, you know, be alone and just stare at the sky and, and bring in the warmth to my body. And this I've been noticing this for a long time, to be quite honest with you. But this moment, it just made me realize, see, I've been having issues with my eyes lately. I, I see kind of like floaters floating around. So I got to get that checked. Got to get my eyesight checked. Um, and I thought it was just because, you know, I work with computers all day. I stare at screens all day. Uh, and maybe I just need a couple of hours away, you know, maybe a weekend away and I'll be fine. Things will reset back to normal and they have not reset back to normal. And I've gone into another week with the same issue. And I just got really heavy with the realization that I am decaying. I am, I am little by little hints, hints are given me, are given to me that I am dying, that I am decaying, that, that I am wasting away in this body. That I'm not going to be as strong as I once was. I won't be able to see as good as I once was. I'm not trying to exaggerate my, I mean, it is kind of freaking me out and it's kind of scary and I should definitely get this checked out, but it was enough. It was just a small hint and a reminder that you're wasting away. We are in jars of clay after all. And it, it was so heavy. It started to make me think of, well, what if I can't see that well down the line? What good am I? You know, what what if what if something happens where I can't build this business or I can't take care of my family or like what what good would I be? And and it's just in that moment I realize this power that God has given us, it doesn't belong to us. We are in jars of clay and and it's it's decaying and it's and it's dying and it's it's going to be it's going to pass away we're going to pass away but the light that shines the truth that goes forth it's on purpose <laughs> it's on purpose let's go let's go back but we have this in this treasure in jars of clay to to show what that, that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us again we are afflicted in every way we are crushed right we are going through this we are going through it physically and just momentarily as we get older and age and, and we are stricken by all sorts of ailments, diseases and, and accidents. But then we are also afflicted and, and challenged and persecuted from outside forces, from entities that may seem bigger than ourselves that take away freedoms. It's a chaotic type of situation. Right. And it just it sits heavy on you and it makes you come face to face with the reality that you're going to die, that one day you will pass. And for those that don't have their trust in, in the Lord, well, that's just not good news. That's, that's heavy. And so we, we will either try to prolong our lives, save it however, which way possible, abide by unconstitutional rules with government, take all sorts of of drugs and and take fitness to a whole nother level to prolong your life i mean we will do whatever it takes to save ourselves here to avoid the inevitable and the inevitable is that we are going to be persecuted we are going to be crushed we will be perplexed and it will feel like it, it's a moment of despair but the only way you despair is if you don't have the light of the gospel the truth in your heart because the gospel is veiled only to those who are perishing and so that is the truth of it all 
My thing is, and I leave this with you as my final thought, clearly the message here is place your trust and hope in Christ. He is the light of men. He is the light of your world. It doesn't mean that suffering will be taken from you and that trials and tribulations will finally leave once you become a Christian or completely truly devote your life to Christ. Actually, the opposite is quite true. You, there will be more. Um, yeah, th- this isn't for the weak. The, you will go through this and it will. you will be marked by the world, but by the enemy himself, Satan himself, who in the spiritual realm could clearly see at times that what we're doing, we are walking in the light of Christ. So you're marked. This isn't easy anymore. And it, it and more will come. That's that's the truth. That's what the scriptures tell me. I got nothing else to tell you other than even though those things happen, even though you are crushed, afflicted, persecuted, put through the ringer, through the fire, even though it feels like there's nothing good coming out of this, that your body is betraying you and that it's leading you to the grave, even though it feels like there's truly no hope, when you see who Christ is, what he's done for you, you have all that you need and you have hope. You do not despair. You are not destroyed. Nothing. You have all that you need. And so take that encouragement, run to Christ, confess your sins, and put your faith in him. And I pray that it's stirring that, that, that decision in your heart, that the Holy Spirit is, is moving in you to, to draw towards him. Remember, this world will bring tribulation. This world will come and attack us. But the Lord tells us he has overcome the world. So when you feel like Everything is just breaking down and chaos is ensuing. Remember the gospel message and remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless you. If what you heard actually helped you, gave you some value, pointed you back to Christ, then would you consider just sharing this with someone else in your circle as well as subscribing to the show? Obviously, doing that just really helps me out and obviously gets this podcast out to other ears. And I want to grow this podcast and your help means a lot. So, again, if this blessed you, do me that favor comment subscribe follow do whatever that can obviously help me out i would appreciate that until next time god bless you